Coming up at the 5 o'clock hour today, Dusty Dvorak joins us, followed by Paycom John, John Holcomb, from the Paycom Center in the 5 o'clock hour as we get ready for Thunder Hoops tonight. News on 6 Now, channel 6.3, 7 o'clock start, Thunder v. Hornets. I would say there's no way they can lose to the Hornets, but... I mean, we saw what happened on Sunday. Yeah, Thunder a little shorthanded tonight as well. I think a couple of guys are are out this evening, so we shall see. Well, even with that, it would, you know, it's normally one of those, there's no way they could lose to the Hornets, but. Yeah. They lost to Detroit. If you can lose to Detroit. You can lose, you can to, lose to anyone. <laughs> you, could, you, you could lose to Middle Tennessee State basketball if you're losing to Detroit. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> If you can lose to Detroit, you can lose to anybody. Throw pillow, as Pop would say. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Are, are you are you cooling on the Thunder at all? Are you, like, if, if they were a baseball card in the old school Beckett, would they have the up arrow? Oh, yeah. I think they'd or have the down the, arrow. I think they'd have the up arrow for right okay. now. They're, they're still... Uh, obvious questions I think that we all have about them, but I, I do think that this this stretch has told us uh, about them a little bit more, and I do like the way that they've they've been able to come out the other side of the month of January with showing us a little bit more of a um, kind of a, I don't want to call it a toughness, but I guess it is of, of trying to battle through as many games as they played in a, in a stretch here towards the end of January. And there's a long way to go though. I mean, it might be pointed up right now, but by the time that the playoffs roll around, you know, it might be the arrow might be the other direction. Uh, I don't know. And I think a lot of people feel this way. I don't know how I feel about them in a series quite yet. I think the good thing about them being in a series is the amount of versatility that they're able to play with, right? And the amount of adjustments they can make. Yes. Because they have so many toolsy players uh, with a lot of length, <laughs> which is the, the Thunder MO. But toolsy wings. Chet is going to be a big part of that as well, right? I mean, to see what type of player Chet is down the stretch of the regular season is going to be a giant indicator as to how much confidence you would put in the Thunder in a seven-game series. But I think that they've at least proven through this portion of the season that they're at least going to be it in for the long haul in the fight for the number one seed or more than likely two seed. You know, they're not going anywhere. I don't Unless there's an injury, I don't see them taking a significant step back. Like, this is just where they're going to be. I mean, you could you could be looking at any type of matchup between. I mean, the way things fall, who knows? Maybe it's a a Clippers matchup if both teams drop a little bit, right? Yes. Or one drops and not the other. That's a team with a ton of postseason experience. If Denver maybe stays where they are and the Thunder drop a little bit, maybe that could be a four-five type matchup. Mm-hmm. That's another one with a ton of postseason experience on the other side of the equation. Phoenix is also. One of those that's currently in the sixth seed, the Lakers, right? Again, I don't think the Lakers are a dominant team by any means, but what they do have is a lot of postseason experience. And from a matchup standpoint, you know, they're, they're probably able to capitalize maybe on the Thunder's biggest weakness more than a lot of teams would be. 
But yeah, there's there's several matchups, I think, when you look at postseason play and the amount of experience that could be on the other side of the equation where I think you would you would at least have reason to pause without just, I think, going all in on, on how well the Thunder have played to this point. And I know that they have a 3-1 record against the Nuggets, but playoff Nuggets compared to regular season Nuggets, that's a completely different ball game. And uh, what more of a, oh no, kind of welcome to the playoffs and having to go right. up against the defending champs. I think they served those at McDonald's, playoff Nuggets. Playoff Nuggets, <laughs> playoff Nugs. <laughs> Limited time only. All supplies yes. last. Uh huh. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what Jamal Murray's game is, right? Yeah. I mean, top 10 player in the league, arguably, in the postseason, and the guy's never even made an all star team in the regular season. You think that's because of the market that they're in? Or can you say that with Denver now? I, I just think if you watch him play, you know, there's, there's just another gear that he hits when they're in the postseason and the amount of attention that Jokic gets, I think in a postseason series, as opposed to just any regular game, it requires more of Jamal Murray. Teams aren't going to sell out over the course of an entire game to, to defend Jokic the same way they will in the postseason, right? So it's, it's not impendent on anyone else to have to carry a lot more weight like it is when you get to the postseason. So it's all, it's like more of a situation where pick your poison, and so they're like, all right, Jokic yeah. is going to get his. Well, let's not, you know, use all our energy trying to try to stop yeah. that. We'll just get on the perimeter and make sure Murray doesn't kill us as well, and maybe we get this dub. And I also wonder how much of Murray is, you know, somewhat of a load management situation. He does. Right, he's had a yeah. lot of he's had a lot of injuries for sure, and again, selling out to win a bunch of regular season games is that worth it? As opposed to, you know, saving a little bit in the tank for what obviously the postseason has been for them the last couple. I mean, look at what what he's done in the postseason. So do you since he's been a member of that team? He's a completely different player and plays at a completely different level. So do you think Murray is an all star? Like, would I put him on the All-Star team this year? No, I mean just like no, in but I, think I if, mean in yeah, general. Like, in general, yeah, absolutely. Just because of the way he plays in the postseason and compared to everybody else in the league or it's just more of a situation where I don't, I don't know if, if somebody's missing that. I guess that goes back to the question that, you know, has been the hot topic issue throughout the NBA about – missing all these games and not qualifying for all NBA and, and all and MVP and all that stuff. Like is Murray an all-star if he's not a consistent player, if he's not, a you know, if he's not somebody that you can count on night in and night in and night out during the regular season. I mean, again, I wouldn't put him on an NBA all-star team right now and in, in for a regular season. But if we were just to look at, the NBA as a whole and pick out the best players in the league and say, that's your all-star team. I, I, he makes it right. I don't know how he couldn't. I, I mean, what would you rather have a guy like James Harden who just beats up on teams over the course of 82 games and then completely disappears in the postseason, or a guy like Jamal Murray, who, I mean, he he's, he's fine. Like he has, you know, good numbers, not great in the regular season, but he gets to the postseason and he's clearly one of the best guys in the league. Yeah. That's a, that's a 
you got to take the playoff performer in that aspect. Yeah. But, I mean, you can't discredit helping your team get to a very beneficial spot in the playoffs night in and night out. I mean, the majority of the league makes the postseason, right? They do know. Ten teams from each conference have a chance to – it's to a, even play beyond the 82-game regular season. It's the play-in tournament, guys. Well, you know, we're just, we're just giving everybody an opportunity. You know? I, yeah, I just I, I think, like, the narrative you just threw out there as far as, like, giving your team a chance to go earn it is, is in the NBA, maybe a little overrated. Okay, maybe I was... Like, you know. every, if you don't make the playoffs, that's, that's the bigger story than making the playoffs, right? I was being a little, you know, tongue-in-cheek with that line. But I think it... They... The NBA's gone about trying to find a way to make this 82-game thing last because it's beneficial for them revenue dollar-wise. But I, 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 unless you're when you make it to that final, are we still considering that the playoffs? I think it's when you make it out of that tournament, those are the playoff teams. Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I'm just saying that there are 20 teams – that play games beyond that the 82 game regular season that matter. That is in a win or go home scenario. Then they right. still count. Right. That's like asking, do you consider Dayton an actual part of the tournament? You know, when the when they send teams to Dayton on the on the Tuesday night. Oh uh, yeah. You know, are you still counting those as being a part of the bracket? It's March. I mean, it's March, and they're playing it's for a right to, home, to move right? on. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So same same thing there. I don't know. I th- I think that Oklahoma City plays the benefit, and and a lot of it is because of their own creativity. Because of of you said, they're versatile. Um, you know, I think they keep teams guessing. They really make teams work from how they like to operate. And I think they've done a masterful job of finding the the right collection of guys that all fit incredibly well for each other because they're. There are a lot of like constant uh, of constant like attacking style that they have, and it really puts everyone on the floor in a bind. And I think that they're able to get away with that, you know, in single game sets across the regular season. And you know, they'll probably have some success in a handful of games in the in the postseason as well. But when you really lock in on opponent for multiple games and you start doing, you know, your own version of all right, here's our scouting report on them. You know, are they still able to get away with that night in, night out once you get into a, a series against really good teams that can throw a lot of people at them? You know, and I know they were tired the other night, but if you go back and watch what Minnesota was able to do to them, uh, Minnesota basically said, like, okay, so we're going to have we're gonna have Rudy kind of roam a little bit be able to sag off Giddy at the three-point line. Let's move McDaniels over to Holmgren, kind of match him up on the perimeter. Uh, we don't want really to get them a whole lot of se- uh, separation on it. And the other thing, too, is that they threw guys like Edwards and McDaniels and then Kyle Anderson at SGA. And say what you want about Kyle Anderson about slow-mo, but the one thing with Kyle is is that Kyle's actually a pretty decent defender. He might be one of the one of the better defenders that the Wolves have. And it's just you're never going to completely shut down SGA because he still finished with 37 that night, but yet you did just enough, right? Just enough 
to where he's able to provide a few moments of contesting things and also staying on the hip of SGA and not allowing him to have as much space. And it's just little things like that combined that I think can do that. Now, does everyone in the in the West have as many people as what Minnesota has right now that are playing as well as they do? Probably not, but there are a handful of other teams that I would put in that category, and you brought up the Clippers as being one of them. Yeah, and there, you know, there are teams that obviously, like I said at the beginning, have postseason experience and know what it is to go from game to game and, and the adjustments that are going to take place and you know how the ebbs and flows of a postseason series works. And you know the Thunder have to go through that for the first time, unfortunately. But I, you know they are, they are so talented, and if they're able to, I think, dictate their game on opponents, who says they can't win a, a postseason series? Yeah. No doubt. But, I, you know, we got to get to that final stretch, and Chet, I think, is so valuable from a couple different reasons and, and, and what he, even if he's not the guy that is the star of the game, right, what he, I think, allows the other four guys on the floor to do when he's out there, um, you know, seeing where he is down the stretch, I think, is probably the biggest thing for me mm-hmm. to to have some sort of sense as to, where to put my confidence level in a postseason run? Postseason Chet. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> postseason Chet. Don't, don't, don't do that. You know who me. the biggest beneficiary of the Joel Embiid role is? SGA. SGA. He's probably next up. I think right now, in terms of odds, he has the second best odds in the league to win the MVP. Let's see. I'm pulling it up right here. Yeah, he does. Hmm. He does as of right now. Let's see. There's Jokic, there's SGA, and then in a distant third is Luka. Man, Luka ain't winning the MVP. What, 73 ball Luka? Luka's not winning the MVP. He's he's in the class with Jordan and Kobe in them, LeBron in them. Yeah. You, you heard kid now. Oh, stop. You heard the kid now. I heard Jason Kidd say that. Scott, you heard him. And that is maybe one of the most absurd. He's in the class. I'm going to baby this young star comments in the press that I've ever heard in my life. Talent of a generation. Hopefully he'll keep me around, right? He's better than Dirk right now. Get out of here. I mean, shh. Hey now, I mean, get out D- of here. Dirk might have been able to you, shoot off one leg, but you he, should, as a well, native of Dallas, points? you should be ashamed of yourself. How many, right how now. many seventy-three points you did, did Dirk put up? Ashamed of yourself. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Double seven <laughs> it looks good over there in that class, upper echelon. Okay, well, not that Dirk had teams the entire time that he was in Dallas that had the ability to pick him up Mm. and help him in the scoring department. But uh, do we need to take a look at that Mavericks roster? Because there's a reason why Luka is playing as many minutes that he is because they don't have anyone else. Dion, name the second best Mav on the Dirk title team. (laughs) <laughs> Michael Finley. Michael Finley was not there. What are you talking about? He was in San Antonio. Josh Howard. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Nick Van Exel. Uh, 
Yeah. He wasn't the second best player, but yeah, I think Josh Howard's probably the right answer. Uh, I mean, come on, guys. Give give Luca Josh Howard as his number two, and let him win a title. And, and we we'll getting talk. buckets when you're. And we I, getting buckets. Listen, when you're number two, and I actually think that he gets a bad rap, a, a lot more than what he should. But when your number two is Tim Hardaway Jr. <laughs> whoa, 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 don't don't put don't disrespect. Tim. I, I just don't said I love Tim him. Hardaway. I don't, I think that he gets a bad rep, but I'm just saying that is your number two. Tim Hardaway Jr. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a fine, fine number two in the He's probably more of a three. He's probably more of a three. Keep but, going. But, but he is a fine number two and he makes clutch buckets. I, I rest my case. He makes clutch buckets. I rest my case. He is a valid Robin to your Batman. Valid. And they still got Kyrie, who's, you I know. I mean, Kyrie's number two. He can't play. He's clearly number two. He can't play. But, so what are you? So what are we saying right now? He I'm, doesn't I'm count saying if he can't play. Tim Hardaway is a solid number three for you. And Kyrie is the number two. Tim Hardaway is being put in a situation right now where he's having to be the two. And he's not doing that bad of a job at it. Okay. Right? Now, when we get some consistent play out of Kyrie, then we can start having this conversation. Just saying, guys. I mean, you're talking about Luca, talent of a generation, been a pro since he was what, 13, 14 years old? Nobody's saying he's not good. This is the problem when when you debate who's better. Is everybody takes takes it as if you're not arguing for that guy, then you think he stinks. We're not saying he stinks. He's not Dirk, though. Whoa. And what I'm saying to you guys is... I'm just saying Jason Kidd, who probably should be fired, (laughs) saying that is maybe one of the more absurd things that I've heard a head coach say in a while. He should be fired for the comment itself. I just should. If not the basketball coaching that is taking place. I just feel like y'all's generation or lack thereof. Y'all's generation tries to protect y'all stars a little too much. I mean, you got to be open-minded to the fact that the game changes a little bit and you got to equate the talent and see is like, bro, you got Dirk and you got Luka. I mean, I'm not going to tell you. Dirk actually changed the game from what our generation was. Y'all's generation, you're in your 30s. Just because. What are you talking about? Just because. You're not 12. Dirk crawled. In my generation, fours didn't shoot the way Dirk does. Just because Dirk crawled so Luka could run doesn't mean we're taking right. we're discrediting we break, Dirk. Girl, we're just I can't, saying I can't deal with that Luka might be a little better. That's what we're saying. What we're saying. Excuse me for having my opinions. Black man can't. Can we get your dad on the phone? Can't speak here? Know, yeah. <laughs> can, Big Daddy can't talk or Can talk we get your dad on the phone? <laughs> Big Let's Daddy can't put his opinion on the table? Get you to stop arguing. Let's get your dad on the phone point. and ask him if he thinks Luke is better than Dirk. Big, Big Daddy can't put his opinion <laughs> on the table unless you guys know what the real is, what Just the skinny is. Give me a little bit of your dad right now. I can't. I can't do it on demand. Yeah, you can. I, really I kind of want to hear what, what. What would your mom say about this? I can't do it on the man, guys. I just have to be talking about my father and the way that he talks to me, and then it comes out. I can't. Did like, you? I, did you ever have an accent when you were young? Never. 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 I I wonder about that too because it's like you grew up in a household with your parents, and that's all they speak, but you don't pick it up. Like, yeah, I, I never. No. No. Never had a. 
a little bit of a accent <laughs> in, in the way I'm telling speak. you, man, you should do the entire I, show. I like can't that. do the whole show, my friend. Come on now. Say I Luca. Can't, <laughs> I can't. <do> it. <laughs> uh, Luca's good now. Luca's good. <laughs> He's better than Dirk now. I'll tell you, Dirk uh, with the floppy yellow hair. You can't. No. Luca, he's the man. He's the man. He's sharp. <laughs> don't mind. Don't mind this uh, Dirk Wahala. <laughs> Luca, Luca's the one. Talented that is Mr. Amade joining us here on the Blitz. Time of a generation. Daniels, along with Jeremy Poplin and Scott File on the other side of the glass, we'll take a timeout. Pop takes the reins next here on the Blitz.